I'd like you to turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm uh, 109 as we uh, consider these words uh, that uh, David has written. Uh, The Spirit uh, has shown David how to pray. Um, He has been going through suffering, unjust suffering, um, that also, as we read these words, help us uh, understand how to respond in suffering, how to pray. It also is a prayer of Jesus. Uh, Jesus uh, would use the Psalms as his prayer book, and it fits very, very nicely. As we'll, you'll, we, re- we will read it, you will see it fits very nicely to how Jesus suffered at the hands of unjust people. In fact, uh, Peter quotes a phrase from this Psalm and applies it to Judas uh, in his uh, being dealt with by judgment uh, by the Lord following his um, his uh, treatment of the Savior. Uh, I am admittedly uh, borrowing some uh, ideas from this uh, for this uh, message from um, a, a good. Um, I was going to say a good friend. That's a little bit too cordial. Um, a, um, a a man of whom I have great respect, and that is uh, Sin, Sinclair Ferguson, um, in his book devoted to um, to God's Church. Wonderful passage on prayer. Uh, the Radiate folks are going to be reading this book shortly. So I think we're starting next, uh, next month. But let's pick up, uh, pick up it uh, in chapter, in Psalm, uh, Psalm 109. And I'm going to read just the first five verses initially. Uh, be silent, I'm sorry, uh, be not silent, O God of my praise. For wicked and deceitful mouths are opened against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They encircle me with words of hate. They attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. Uh, So they reward me evil for good and hatred for my love. There are three phrases that we're going to be looking at tonight from this psalm. Um, And the the first is um, from uh, verse 4. The Hebrew actually states, um, I am prayer. I am prayer. The second thing we'll look at, second theme we'll look at is, I am needy. And the third theme towards the end of the psalm, these words, um, uh, um, help me. I am prayer, Um, I am needy, and then this crying out to God, help me. There are a a few things I want to point out out of these first uh, first, uh, five verses. I am prayer. The first is a felt dependence that we have on the Lord. David here is attacked by vicious and deceitful liars. He is worn down by their injustice. They attack him without cause. And it is particularly painful that they accuse him falsely of things even after he had shown love to them. So he had to pray. Um, The world, after all, was against him. He uh, He is expressing felt dependence upon the Lord. I want you to imagine for just a moment scuba diving and you need your oxygen from above. 
Um, you cannot think right, you cannot work right, you cannot see right without getting that oxygen. Um, you face your day. Um, you mu- when you face your day, you must connect with God or you will drown. We sometimes talk about our prayer life as if it were a small part of what we do as Christians. Uh, We may even put it on a checklist. And after we have prayed in the morning, and feel rather nice about performing one of our spiritual duties for the day. That That is not going to be conveyed in this phrase, I am prayer. It indicates a dependence on God, and if we are not praying, it indicates what we might call a practical atheism. And in our corporate prayer, Acts shows us that the church lived on that prayer. They could say together, we are prayer as we gather to pursue the objectives that the Lord Jesus had given them. Uh, They express their connection to God. They express their needs and desires and their kingdom priorities. All of that, then, is under this notion of of not just being dependent, but feeling the reality of my dependence. I am prayer. I don't just pray. I am prayer. And this phrase, I am prayer, carries with it also the notion of full submission to God. Not only felt dependence, but full submission even in suffering. You recall that the Lord Jesus um, uh, um, uttered these words uh, in Gethsemane, not my will, but yours be done. Um, He is saying this after having washed the feet of the disciples. Remember that John tells us that Jesus loved them to the end, or he loved them to the fullest, when at the end of his public ministry with them, um, he washed all of their feet, including including Judas. And what does Jesus say? What does Jesus demonstrate? I am prayer. And, and so we follow his commands as he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How can we follow Jesus without that heartfelt, full submission Uh, to the Lord. Uh, The third thing we notice about this phrase, uh, I am prayer, in this brief context, is that it is full of praise to God. Be not silent, verse 1 says, O God of my praise. You you praise God as you in your life of dependence on Him and your life of, of uh, submission to Him, even and especially when others attack you uh, and de- and desert you. God never will. Has, Hebrews says this: "I will never leave you or forsake you." So we can confidently say, "The Lord is my helper; I will not fear." What can man do to me? Sinclair puts it this way, when enemies speak against him, David, you could say when enemies speak against Jesus as well, when enemies speak against you, we then speak to God. When enemies speak against us, we speak to God. And there is great danger if we do not. 
For if we do not pray in the midst of suffering, affliction by other people, our wicked feelings will harden in our hearts. And it will dehumanize us. I am prayer. There is felt dependence. Uh, There is full submission. And God is my praise. The second thing, I am needy. This is a longer section. And this may be somewhat confusing. But we express our need to God by not following certain behaviors. By being strengthened by God dealing with the guilt of other people so that we do not have to. We are freed from that. And yet is it difficult? I am needy in the face of suffering. Verses 6 through 25. Appoint a wicked man against him. That is my accuser. Appoint a wicked man against him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer be counted as sin. May his days be few. May another take his office. May his children be fatherless and even and his wife a widow. May his children wander about and, bre- and beg, seeking food far from the ruins they inhabit. May the creditor seize all that he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his toil. Let there be none to extend kindness to him, nor any to pity his fatherless children. May his posterity be cut off. May his name be blotted out in the second generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. And let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. For he did not remember to show kindness, but pursued the poor and needy and the brokenhearted uh, to put them to death. He loved to curse. Let curses come upon him. He did not delight in blessing. May it be far from him. He clothed himself with cursing as his coat. May it soak into his body like water, like oil into his bones. May it be like a garment that he wraps around him, like a belt that he puts on every day. May this be the reward of my accusers from the Lord, of those who speak evil against my life. But you, O God, my Lord, deal on my behalf for your name's sake. Because your steadfast love is good, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is stricken within me. I am gone like a shadow at evening. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting. My body has become gaunt with no fat. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they wag their heads. What an exhausting string of curses. When we are following Jesus and a life of dependence and a life of submission, when we encounter such abuse from another as this accuser now is being cursed, 
when we receive that kind of that the abuse from this uh, accuser, um, we may either reach out to the Lord in our weakness, or we may drown in self-pity. I want to look at the first chunk here in verses 6 and following. From this perspective, they had learned enough, he has learned enough about God, and I would call you, learn enough about God to leave judgment to him. This string of curses applies not only to the accuser, or not only to the abuser of the psalmist here, and for that matter of the Lord Jesus Christ, um, but also to his family, to his reputation, to his posterity. Let my accuser be accused. May his days be few. As I said, on verse 8 there, uh, may his days be few. May another take his office. Uh, Peter picks this up and he says, in order that scripture would be fulfilled, the Holy Spirit spoke through the mouth of David concerning Judas. Peter said all of that. The mouth of the Spirit Speaking uh, by the mouth of David uh, concerning Judas, may another take his office. One of the things that the Lord encourages us here is to remember that he will, he will be the one who hears injustice and takes judgment upon him for himself. Listen to these words from James chapter 5. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You're abusing people economically. The Lord is hearing their, pri- their cries, and the Lord will respond to them. You can take comfort in that. It is not wrong to be angry at injustice as long as you leave it to God. You pray for the relief of those oppressed because James goes on to say the judge is standing at the door. And we instead follow Christ and we bless and do not curse our enemies. Jesus, was, Jesus' voice was not dripping with sarcasm when he said to Judas, as he met him uh, with the soldiers, um, friend, do what you came to do. He still called him friend. Do what you are, 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 um, are being led to do by the, by the enemy, Jesus is saying to him. And you can learn, therefore, in your weakness, to leave judgment with God. The second thing we learn from 16 uh, down to 20 is you learn enough to wait for sin to rebound. What do I mean by that? God brings natural consequences that bounce back to a sinner over time. As Hosea said, Israel will sow the wind and reap what? Reap the whirlwind. Uh, The book of Proverbs puts it this way, they lie in wait for their own blood and they set an ambush for their own lives. You see, the accuser here loved to curse against God's anointed. And, the, and the, um, the prayer, David's prayer properly is, let the curses that he had against thee fall upon himself. And, and so we allow sin to rebound 
in God's providence, in God's sovereignty, for Him to afflict the sinner. We, we can, are, are free then from being, uh, from being reactionary ourselves. All, all of that, to set the table for this, um, the blessing starts with our being able to acknowledge to God, I am needy. The blessing starts in the Beatitudes when Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. And the same thing is going on here. I am, I am poor in spirit. I will not be the one to afflict my enemies. I will not do that. I will leave it to God. And instead, I will submit to even this difficult providence. With this in mind, I am needy. I am needy and my heart is stricken within me. But I praise God because He is boundlessly good. He is generous in this life and the life to come. And we are incurably weak or dependent. I am prayer, number one. And here, I am needy. Those two things keep in mind. I am prayer. My heart, my life is offered up as prayer. Firstly, because I recognize I am needy. I am absolutely and terribly needy. I want to think of needs in two different ways for this moment. One is the, the emotional needs that we have. It is an easy thing for us to be worn down by the wickedness in our world. It is, it is, a, it is an easy thing to read the newspaper, to consider the evil of man against, man, against mankind, and be weary in our souls the wickedness of this world. It is easy also for us to be disappointed by the hurts that we have received from other people. As believers, we're often hurt. And sometimes that disappointment, sometimes that sense of being worn out, leads us to stop praying. We've tried that. It hasn't worked. I am emotionally beat down. Instead of being disappointed, we may seek to survive by stoicism. And a stoic will say something like this, I will not be hurt again. You cannot hurt me again. My heart will not be soft enough to pray to to the Lord for you. I'm just going to ignore you. And we stop praying. Well, these emotional needs that we have and in in which we are still called to pray out to the Lord, to cry out to the Lord, it is a risky business. It is a risky business to be honest with the Lord. We have big dreams. We have big desires. We long for people in our lives to change for the glory of God, but sometimes to help us feel better as well. Being real with God is risky. What if the answer is no? We are left with this question, and this is a particularly difficult question in our emotional weariness. Does he really care? Does he really care? So in our weakness, we say to the Lord, um, I am needy.
I am needy. We also have spiritual needs. Uh, Brother Harry and I were looking through, working through the Confession of Faith uh, this past week, and, and uh, in the chapter on sanctification, um, we both remarked about this phrase, that we are in a continual and irreconcilable war. <laughs> Do you remember those phrases? A continual and irreconcilable war. And that is against the enemy uh, in, in, uh, in Satan, but also within our own flesh. The flesh lusting against the spirit and the spirit lusting against the flesh. The, the confession goes on to say, uh, quoting uh, uh, Galatians chapter 5. Now, how does this continual and irreconcilable war affect us, especially as we are seeking to be people of prayer? Naming, wanting even to name ourselves, I am prayer. It's so much a part of my life. Well, one of the things is we can feel ourselves too sinful to pray to God. After all that he's done for me, I have confessed these sins before and I'm doing them again. Uh, We may feel spiritually cold and not therefore qualified to speak with God. We, in short, can simply be too guilty to pray. And here is the message that we receive uh, through, the, through the gospel, that it is our failures and our weaknesses that qualify us to pray. As you sit here tonight, with both emotional and spiritual warfare going on, at times you feel like giving up. Life's not, I'm not worth it. Life's not worth it. I can't continue this. And we remember these words. It is our weakness that qualifies us to pray. Jesus has saved sinners. He is aware of this irreconcilable war in which we are. And he meets us as we pray. Help me to stay in the battle. Help me not to quit. Help me not to avoid the fight and just give up. Help me. And that leads us very nicely to these last verses, 26 to 29. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. Let them know that this is your hand, O Lord. You, O Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you will bless. They arise and are put to shame, but your servant will be glad. May my accusers be clothed with dishonor. May they be wrapped in their own shame as a cloak. With my mouth, I will give great thanks to the Lord. I will praise him in the midst of the throng. For he stands at the right hand of the needy. Visualize that. He stands at the right hand of the needy to save him from those who condemn his soul to death. I am prayer. I am needy. And here, help me. Help me. As we've noticed as we have gone through the Psalms, so often the Psalms open up on the same note on which they close. And the Psalms themselves are a story of personal redemption how we can, how we can, in the midst of our suffering, end up praising. Look how, look to be, look again at how this psalm starts. Oh God, my praise. Oh God, my praise. And here in verse 26, 
Help me, O Lord my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. Turn my sad circumstances for your glory. Hear me. Hear me, God of my praise. Help me, O Lord, my God. And then in verse 31, he stands at the right hand of the needy. Thanks be to my right hand, God. The God who is at my right hand daily. As close as that. As near as that. In your own personal prayers, raise up your right hand and say, God, you are this close. Let me not give in to fear. What is particularly significant about the use of, of, of the Lord here as the right hand God is the use of this phrase in verse 6, uh, let the accuser stand at his right hand. Let an accuser stand at the right hand of this person who is terrorizing me and let him accuse my, my uh, terrorist, if you will. And that reminds us in the book of, uh, of, of Zechariah that, uh, that Satan is standing at, the, at Joshua's right hand and accusing him. Before God, he is accusing, um, he is accusing Joshua. And then this is what the Lord says in that context, in Zechariah chapter 3. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. And then the Lord, the right hand God, helps Joshua, who, who at his right hand at that point had been accused by the enemy. And this is what the Lord says. Remove his filthy garments. And that notion of filthy garments has to do with human waste. Remove his filthy garments and put on pure lily-white clothes and a crisp, clean turban. There is an enemy accusing at the right hand, and he is silenced by your right hand, God. So God stands ready through the victorious work of our risen Christ, God stands ready to help the needy. And I'm going to say this again, you do not need to prepare yourself before you pray. You do not have to give countenance these thoughts. Have I repented deeply enough? Uh, do, I, uh, do I feel strongly enough? Is my faith characterized enough by, by generous feelings towards God? Have I demonstrated a dash of good works that can somehow gain a smile from the Father's face? You do not need to prepare yourself before you pray. You cry out, I am needy. Help me, my right-hand God. I am needy. Help me, my right-hand God. Prayer um, has been ordained, O'Hallowsby says, prayer has been ordained only for the helpless. Only he who is truly helpless can pray. Again, it is your need, it is your helplessness that qualifies you to pray. 
I, I like this phrase also through Sinclair Ferguson's mouth. He said, pray through Jesus' mouth. You pray in his name. You pray with the attitude that the Father loves to hear the prayers of his Son. And so Jesus, since you are in him, he brings you into the very throne room of God. And if your imagination can capture this onto the lap of the Almighty, your right-hand God, who's sitting on his lap. You see, all of this, all of this emphasis this evening on I am prayer. It is so much a part of me. I am fully, I'm submitted to the Lord. I'm dependent on him. I have a life of praise. This is not just something I do. This is who I am. I am prayer. But I am also needy. But I also have a right-hand God. And so this, this, this psalm can be for us oxygen from God's so that we can think clearly. We can even feel fully in our love for God, our devotion to Him. And finally, we can choose wisely when we are breathing in this oxygen that clarifies our hearts and our thinking. This is how it works. In your sorrow, you pray in your sorrow. I mean, you pray in your sorrow and the Lord assures you that he carries them with, you, with him. Uh, in your hard things, you are never alone. You have a right-hand God. Jesus walks with you. And in your fear, he never leaves you or forsakes you. I and prayer. May we be a people of prayer who come together or in our own homes we say, I am needy. And then we call out to God, help me. It's really not much more complicated than that. (laughs) I'm needy. Help me. Let's pray. Lord, we we ask that in these moments tonight, as we reflect on this psalm, we would see something of ourselves in the way that we bypass prayer for silly reasons, but mostly because we're unfamiliar with what it means to walk in fellowship with you, even in suffering. And so we pray that tonight, as we pray, um, we would come to flesh out the realities of Psalm 109, but, but Lord, not just for tonight. May this shape the way we look at you and the way we look at prayer. May we be able to say, I am prayer. I don't just pray. I am prayer. I am needy. Help me. We pray these things in the glorious name of Christ. Amen. Oh,